evening. Good evening, everyone. Hubbub of activity, of conversation on this beautiful summer's evening. I'm going to talk, hopefully, for less than 20 minutes. Um, for those of you who know me, that's quite difficult at times. Um, uh, my name's Jason Stocks, if you don't know me. Um, I'm one of the leaders here at King's Church, and, and really this evening I'm going to carry on from what we started last week. Um, as a church, we are relaunching Alpha, the, the phenomenon that is Alpha, the, the, the extraordinary course that, that really God has ordained um, through, um, God has ordained and thousands, tens of thousands of people across the world have come to faith through Alpha. And I am one of those people. Um, so I hope this evening it's going to um, uh, refresh the memory of what those moments were like uh, in, in coming to faith, um, relate to what God does in our lives. And if you don't know Jesus already, maybe this will... Um, cause some questions, and uh, we're going to respond at the end together. There's going to be a time to pray, talk to me, um, and a few other things, and we'll do, we'll do a little bit more about that um, at the end. So um, for those of you who don't know me, I was born in sunny South Wales. Hey, we have some Welsh fans in the house. Um, and um, I was born on the August, August 21st, 1980. I look at my notes as, as if I sort of need to remember that. Um, um, I was born into a, a, a very loving family. Um, I had a, a, a mum and dad um, who were brilliant uh, in what were fairly difficult times, really. Um, we, we didn't particularly have much wealth. My, my dad, uh, unfortunately, retired of ill health. We were sort of a, a, a benefits family. And, and looking back over these last few weeks and years as you look back, um, bringing up Jason Stocks was not an easy thing. Um, but they did a fantastic job. Uh, and I'm so grateful um, to them. Uh, and, um, and then at sort of, uh, as, as I grew sort of into my teens, um, I found sport and, and the sort of, um, that's been a big part of my life. It's been a, uh, a big foundation in terms of meeting people and going places. And then at the age of 17, unexpectedly, my, my mum passed away. And as you can imagine, um, that sort of, um, did uh, something that I unexpected. It was a really tough time. Um, I was very close to my mum. Um, but it also did something, catapulted me into a, a new sphere of life that I never uh, thought it wasn't on the cards in our sort of family makeup. I went off to university, uh, came to London, and I guess from sort of an upbringing of where you had to battle for everything, I really learned how to, to battle in London. I graduated, I got a degree, um, I got a job, uh, and sort of in my early 20s, all of a sudden, I, I, I found myself in a very good job. I was a, a lecturer. I lectured sport and psychology and, and taught cricket. It wasn't really a job. It was an absolute jolly really. Um, and it was just a, it was a real um, a brilliant time. And then um, as I grew a little bit older, I, I bought a house. I was in a, a relationship. I was earning really, really good money. I was traveling. And I guess by sort of um, Southwest London standards, um, Jason Stocks was, was a really happy, successful guy. And I guess on the outside, you would look at that. And, yeah, I, I had a girlfriend at the time, I had a house, I had a good job, I played sport, I was very popular. Um, good looking guy, obviously. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, 
but but um, all, all of these things were happening, and um, but it wasn't satisfying. It, it wasn't um, that the inner satisfaction of those things in and of themselves, they were good things, and I enjoyed them, and 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 I still play cricket and and still travel around. Those are, are good things, but ultimately there was a I guess a, a deeper ache. A, a deeper groaning. And that sent me off into all sorts of directions. It, it took me literally to the ends of the earth, into the federated states of Micronesia. I thought a, a week of solitude, one would find oneself. Um, I went up to various mountains to do various Reiki courses. I went to India to do various yoga courses. I looked for all sorts of experiences in all sorts of ways to find a satisfaction, to find something that was genuinely satisfying. And I didn't. Then I all of a sudden got into experimental drugs and they f satisfied me for a, a relative period of time, whether it be a moment, whether it be a few hours. And all of a sudden in my mid-twenties, I was going down a path that I really didn't anticipate. And it reached a, a point really, um, 2008, 2009, where I probably hit the, the sort of one of the lowest points of my life. Again, in and of itself, as you looked in, life was pretty good, but inside it was absolute chaos. I was taking more and more drugs to feel satisfied. I was up to all sorts of stuff, and I look back on it, I was ultimately trying the top shelf of life experiences to feel satisfied. And I was almost nearing the end of that shelf um, with pretty much anything you could do. And um, I remember being in the office on a Saturday morning. I'd had a, a, a meeting on the Thursday with my boss and I, I had a job, a really good job, um, but I was awful at it. I was doing it by the skin of my teeth. I'd had a, a, a disciplinary about stuff that wasn't happening. Um, it really was sort of, I was on that sort of line, you're, you're, you're out almost at some point. And it was a Saturday morning, and my life was winter, traveling up to all sorts of stuff, and then summer, lots of cricket, and I'd be a lot happier. And this particular Saturday morning, I was in the office trying to catch up in all this work that I hadn't done because I was up to all sorts of stuff in the week and um, inevitably work was piling up. Now, in between um, that Saturday morning of the summer of 2009, um, somehow a, a Christian, a Christian moved into my home. I couldn't believe it. How on earth would a, a Christian move into a home? Um, that was chaos. Um, Anyway, a, a Christian did move into my home. It was Mr. Philip Elwood, who some of you know. And um, I remember him offering to, to pray for me a few months before that particular Saturday. And I basically looked at him and said, you're off your head, mate. This, what prayer? This is, no, no, this is not for me. I really had come from a background where, where Jesus was nothing but a swear word. Religion was nothing but for middle-class white people, not a working-class ruffian like me. It was boring. It was mundane. That was the view that I'd had of Christianity. On this particular Saturday, I, I, I rang said friend who wasn't playing cricket because he's not good enough. Um, <laughs> no, he, 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 was actually, um, he was actually coaching, and I really opened up for the, for the first time. 
And a few months later, um, some other friends um, who God put in my life at university, who would also, I think, at some point offered to pray for me, which I totally rejected, um, were coming to visit King's Church and then the then leader, Simon Verger, who was leading the church. It was his first Sunday at, uh, at a building um, down the road. So it was quite a euphoric Sunday. I rocked up, I think maybe the, for the first or second time I'd ever been to church. Somehow they convinced me to come. I had no choice really. I was cooking roast that Sunday afternoon. We'd had a meal the night before. I was just going to stay in bed in the house while they were all off doing this church thing. So I went along. And um, needless to say, I, I had a genuine experience. Something happened. Um, as the worship started, as the songs were, uh, were, were being sang, I genuinely, something happened. The Bible that someone gave me on the welcome was full of tears, and I, I genuinely felt something. Um, and I thought, wow, that's interesting. So I left, I went to the toilet, I sobbed some more, and, and came back. And I thought, well, do you know what? I could go to a concert, and something could happen like that. You know, you can go to a concert, great song, it touches emotion. It was a one-off. It was a, it was a happy Sunday. They got this new leader. All these Christians were really happy. They're not like this normal. That was my view. Um, so the following week, I thought, you know what? I'll go back. It's going to be the second Sunday. You know, it's the second performance, and it's not going to happen again. Um, so I rocked up, the happy Christians were welcomed me, and oh, the same as they were last week, and, um, uh, uh, and the song started to, to, to um, uh, sing, whatever it was, whatever the right way of saying it is, and the same happened again, and I was in tears, and I couldn't stop crying, and um, the same Bible <laughs> that I'd ruined the week before <laughs> was full of tears again. I went to the same toilet and um, cried a lot, came back in and that was it and I went the following week and I actually went for the next few weeks and over that period of time it was like all right this it was sort of I'd go to church on a Sunday I'd have a good cry I'd feel okay for a few days and then by the time the weekend came I'd be up to my usual antics but do you know what? It was for free. I wasn't paying for counseling. I wasn't in therapy or anything like that. Happy. That's genuinely how I thought. And then an alpha course started. And we were at the sort of back end of August, September. And the people that I'd met who were consistently very happy, I thought, hmm, this is interesting. And I started to hang around. I went for the odd meal. Someone invited me. And I thought, wow, there's something about these people that seems genuinely authentic. It's not a Sunday happy moment. There's something about these people. As I started hanging around with these people, I liked I felt loved, I felt peaceful, I felt they were genuine. And this sort of started to intrigue me. So I went on an Alpha course. Now, I've got to admit, the first few weeks of my Alpha course were a disaster. And they are the most important weeks of an Alpha course. It's the, the, real, the week where effectively you ask, who is this person Jesus? And that's the question I wanted to ask in the first few weeks. But the table I was on was a disaster. There was a guy that was coming back to God and he had you know, real deep fun fundamental questions, theological questions, Deuteronomy, Levitical. I was like, what is all this stuff? I just wanted to simply ask, who is this person, Jesus? 
How does he have any relevance to my life? And what's the deal here? How do I get to know him? What's the deal? And about week three, week four, I got to ask that question. And my friend Bruce Parker is here today. He was in that group. He's a very honest man and was already asking these questions. And um, I got to ask this question, who is this person, Jesus? And yes, people were singing about him on a Sunday, but I, I wanted to learn more about him. And I started to, to learn about who he was, what his character's like, how powerful he is, the authority that he has, all these different facets of who Jesus is, how actually you get to be forgiven for all the stuff that you've ever done in the past, in the present, and the future. Really, is that the, is that the deal? Yes, it's a, it's a one-off transaction that all of your sin, if you actually come into relationship, if you believe that he is Lord, and you say goodbye to your old life, you can actually, it's possible to come into relationship with him. Is that the deal, really? No, no, it's too good to be true. Surely there's something that you need to do. I need to earn something. You know, this, this religious thing is all about earning something. No, but the message seemed to be c- consistent and consistent. There is nothing that you need to do. He has already done it. What you do is you come into relationships, you say goodbye to your own life, and you say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord, and you enter into relationship with him. But it's not as easy as that, is it? As I guess some of us have experienced, and maybe some of us are going through at the moment. So what happened? I kept on coming to church. I could almost see what was on offer, but actually that step of faith is a big step of faith. It is and it isn't. It's a massive decision to make because ultimately I was saying goodbye to my old life and all of that was, but equally it was a very simple step to make, but I couldn't quite make it. So what started to happen? Well, I I started to pray for the first time I thought, you know what, I'll, if this God is real, if this person, Jesus, is real, I'll start saying hello. I'll start introducing myself, just very simply. And something happened. I thought it was just, they call it God instances or coincidences. But something genuinely started to happen. After about six or seven weeks, my life was okay, actually, back to the sort of therapy. I thought, you know what? I'm all right now, I've done this Christian thing, it's just about turning up, you have a good cry, you hang out with some nice people, that's, that's really it, and I felt pretty good about it. And a few weeks later, I hadn't gone to church, I hadn't really hung out with many Christian people, and I was back to really where I was before. And on a Friday night, Saturday night, November 14th, 2009, I'll never forget it, I was in Richmond, I'd had far too much to drink amongst other things and it was almost as if someone said to me are you going to church tomorrow morning now the guys that I was with that evening were not the sort of people would say are you going to church this morning and I said to my friend Charlie I said what did you say he didn't say anything he couldn't he couldn't talk and (laughs) and so I heard it again and anyway I woke up the next morning I got in the car 9.30 got to King's Church, and a guy called Terry Virgo was preaching, and he was preaching on um, a story about Caleb and Joshua going to see the promised land. And Caleb and Joshua went to see the promised land, saw this amazing new land, and they came back and reported, and, uh, and the Israelites, were, they were groaning, no, 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 we're not too sure we can go into this land. We, we want to stay where we're at. And in that moment, I thought, where am I going to be in 40 years' time? What's Jason Stock's life gonna be in 40 years time? And it, it panicked me. 
It really panicked me. I thought, oh my goodness, I look at the last few years and I think if I keep on that top shelf life experience, what's gonna happen? And I thought, enough's enough, enough's enough. I went forward and I thought, I haven't got everything worked out, but what's on offer, if this is really true, this has significance for, for this life now, and if I get taken or when I die, it has eternal significance. It's not just uh, what I get to experience right now. This is a life, an eternal life-making decision. I thought, if this is true, I'm, I'm up for this. I, don't, I haven't got everything worked out. And that moment, I gave my life to Jesus, November 15th, 2009. And it was just an extraordinary moment. It was an extraordinary moment. It was a dynamic moment. I remember it. And this love that, that I just experienced, that I encountered, this acceptance, the, the debt, the filth, the, all the stuff that I'd been up to, it was almost as if a, a sort of a backpack of weight had come off. It was almost as if something had happened in my heart. Something had happened in my heart. And a few weeks later, I remember re reading Ezekiel, a book in Ezekiel, and it talks about a time where um, hearts of stone will replace with hearts of flesh. And I was like, that's what's happened to me. I got a new heart, a new heart. There was no scars. I was a new person and I became a Christian. It was just extraordinary. The weeks, months, next few years was just an extraordinary time of working, um, working it all out, really. I, I'd come, as I said, I'd come from a background that was not a Christian background. Um, overnight, I, I stopped taking drugs. I went from the table where I would take lines of cocaine to all of a sudden I was reading lines of the Bible. It was extraordinary. Um, just the desire and need for certain things was not there. Um, friends who um, I did a lot of this stuff with over the months and uh, weeks and months that went by, I started telling them about what had happened. Some of them just thought I was an absolute idiot and rejected me. Some of them were like, what? Some of them could already see certain signs of, of my language and what was happening in my life. I told my family just the reconciliation that went place with my dad and my sister and, and opening up that my great-grandfather was a lay preacher in the 1900s who would have been praying for my parents and me and the generations to come. We heard about it this, this, this afternoon, the generations. He would have been praying. That prayer is being fulfilled through me now. Like, wow, Lord, just extraordinary, amazing time. And I, I, um, unfortunately, it, it, it isn't always like that. As, we, as I naively, um, naively experienced, I thought, this is just the best thing ever. You know, the highs of experience, the Holy Spirit, it was just extraordinary time. But ultimately, I think I was quite naive. I was quite naive in that, of course, the Christian walk and experience is not like that. It's not always like that, that ultimately I'm still a sinner that um, things happen to us, things happen that we don't expect. People die or you lose jobs or things that, that are challenging. It, it sort of slightly distorts and, and challenges your faith. And I wasn't deeply rooted in, in, into God's word. God's early on spoke to me about Luke 7, about um, building your house on a rock, not on sand. I wasn't particularly someone who was, uh, who was in the word and heavily into the word. And, and God taught me through various experiences about 
how important it is to be in his word so that regardless of how I feel and, and regardless of what situations um, are, 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 I guess, I'm, how I'm perceiving situations, God's word is true. It's, he's, he's the same yesterday as he is today as he will be tomorrow. And God's word is unequivocally, um, unequivocally changeable. Uh, ch- you can't change God's word. It's the, it is the truth. And all of a sudden learning about what that really means as, as walking as a Christian rather than maybe relying, I guess, on my slight experiential um, sort of encountering the Holy Spirit, which is so important. And that's one of the amazing things of Christianity. You get to experience God's love. It's not a, a dry um, sort of, you know, there's nothing in this. this. This word is living and live, it says in, in Hebrews. God's word is living and it's alive. And, and hearing that and actually believing that for, for, for myself over the years that passed, and particularly in this last six, eight months, that actually this, this book is, is genuinely real. It's, it's the word of God. It's totally reliable. And, and I guess some of you would expect me to, to be saying that from here. But I can genuinely, I genuinely want to recommend to you this, this book is alive and living. And as you read it, as you receive it, it, it changes you. It's the power for salvation and it's the power to be sanctified and changed. As you read more of God's word, your character changes. Guys, I genuinely would never authentically be saying this if I didn't believe it. And it's taken me a battle um, to get there. But God's word is alive and living. And, um, and then I guess at the latter, or certainly in, in, in the sort of the latter part of that 18, two-year, um, just extraordinary experience, I, I sort of learned that salvation is a gift that um, I, I am secure in God because of what Jesus has done. And, and that is a one-time deal, that, that happens. But I learned that unfortunately, we don't get a new mind. So we get a new heart, but our minds don't get transformed in the moment that we become a Christian, unfortunately. Again, naively, I thought this would happen too. It'd be very nice if that happened, but actually it's not good at all. Um, but I'm learning afresh that actually um, the, the renewal of the mind, just how important it is to be in God's word. And I'm genuinely learning that afresh, literally in the last few months. And I think later in the summer, I'm gonna be preaching on the mind and the renewal of mind process. And, and, and I guess the challenge of that and the opportunity of that. Um, I could talk, as you can guess, for, for, for hours, but in a nutshell, um, I really didn't have a Scooby-Doo who Jesus was. He was nothing genuinely but a swear word. Um, Christianity was not for me. And God just got hold of me. I encountered him. I encountered Jesus for who he really is, that he is a savior, that, he is, that we can have, have friendship with Jesus that he is not to be messed with, that he absolutely hates sin, he hates distortion, he hates darkness that's in the world, he hates the things that dishonor him. Um, but he loves friendship, he loves to bring us through, and that's what he's done in my life. It's extraordinary. If you had said to me in 2008 that in 2018 that I would be sitting in front of you confessing that Jesus is Lord, that I'm a Christian, I would have said you are absolutely bonkers because that's what he does. He changes, transforms life. And Alpha is one of the ways, it's one of the vehicles that God amazingly uses. Um, so Becca is gonna come, uh, is gonna come up. 
Um, and um, I guess we're going to talk a little bit more about Alpha. Um, so um, you did an Alpha course. When did you do it? Um, why did you do it? Uh, yeah, I don't, actually can't remember. 2012, I did Alpha. And wh why? Yeah, why did you, um, why ah, did you do Alpha? Um, so uh, the brief story is I was brought up um, in a church, but I stopped going when I was about 15. Absolutely hated youth group. I hated the fact you had to pray with each other. I always felt like a bit of an outsider. I really didn't like Christians. I um, felt like I had to conform to a certain pattern of behavior or be a certain type of person. So I totally just stepped well out of that. And when I was 18, I read the gospels and I was like, oh, I think Jesus might be real, but I'm in my fresher week at uni and I absolutely don't want to abide by all these rules. So I'll just park it on a shelf. So I've had this faith that I dip in and out of if I need something, but um, I'm definitely not going to church and I'm definitely not going to be friends with Christians for which I wasn't for about 10, 15 years, actually. So I was 18. And then, um, but I kept having this increasing feeling that I wanted to be in a church. It's a bit of a weird thing, kind of really didn't and really did. And I thought, well, I can't just go because I'm totally um, not like them, um, which I discovered. Mm. And so I'll learn some stuff. Mm. So I'll go to this alpha thing that's around. And I think they teach you how to be a Christian. So um, what I'll do is I'll, um, I'll do that at some point. So for about seven years, it was on my New Year's resolutions list. All my flatmates knew about it. They used to joke about it. Um, but I just sort of never got the courage. And then um, I moved to Kingston. I randomly went to church one day on a, in a September. Um, and the sermon was on all the reasons why people don't like church, kind of. And I was like, oh. Um, but I still didn't really feel like I fit in. I looked around for all these people are perfect. They've got it sorted. They're really annoying Christians. So I will. Um, so I didn't go. And then in the September, in the January, I thought I'll do the Alpha course because that will equip me to belong in the church, if that makes sense. That was my thought when I did it. So um, what, how, how did you get on the course? What, what, what So what I just like signed up. And actually, I was meant to be going on a charity trip, so I would have missed like the first two weeks, which are the most important weeks we've discovered. Um, and then the charity trip got postponed, so I suddenly was available, which I thought was weird. Um, and so I rocked up to... It was in the pub, and I was quite nervous, but I liked the fact that I was going into an environment where there would be other people like me, mm -hmm. um, that it wasn't like... There was no pressure. Um, I'd be around kind of people that also were quite liberal like me and thought these Christians were a little bit uptight. Um, and I used to discuss it. Like, as I walked off from Alpha, I used to chat. We used to chat about, gosh, they're a bit full on, aren't they? And we'd talk about, um, which totally isn't true, but that's just where I was at. So, um, yeah, so I just started doing it in the January. And um, that was in Kingston? In, yeah, in the King's Bishop, Church. through King's Church. Sorry, yeah. yeah. I just assume you all know. Um, yeah, so with King's Church um, and in Kingston, in the Bishop, in the pub. And, and what was that course like? What taught you this first three weeks? You, first couple of weeks are really important. Why are they important? And what sort of happens as you go through the course? What was your experience of that? My experience. Yeah. So what happened was, um, so what happens in general is there's like a little yeah, booklet and you go through week by week and you get to just ask questions. And it's not really about people telling you what you should believe. It's about being able to ask. Um, my experience was quite unusual 
I actually, so I'm in this mindset. If I learn about God and if I get a lot of knowledge, I'll earn my way back into his favor. If you've grown up in church and you've really, really stepped away, you have such a guilt that there's like a verse that says anyone who turns their back on Jesus will never be welcome back, which is totally not true, but that's how I read it. So I was like, I've got to work extra hard to get myself back into God's favor than someone that's never known him. So I had the first week and then the second week I was just sat in my bedroom uh, with the a little alpha booklet, and um, I'd grown up in a charismatic church, so lots of actions of the Holy Spirit, which I really didn't enjoy, and I totally was like, absolutely like, I will not be that person that falls over or whatever, um, and yet that, that made me believe, because I hadn't experienced something, that God wasn't really interested in me, mm-hmm. which is what I would say, actually, that experience is great, but it's not um, it's not a marker of whether God loves you. And uh, actually, mm. I was in my room and I was reading the bit on the Holy Spirit and I was like, why have I never experienced the Holy Spirit? Which was a bit of a given because I'd kind of told God I didn't want to. Um, but there was a word that popped out which was inadequate. And in that moment, I was like, I just don't think I'm good enough. And then in that moment, God just totally, I just encountered God. I hadn't learned anything. I had only been to one week of Alpha, maybe two. I hadn't changed anything about my behavior at all in any way, shape, or form. And God just encountered me. I was totally overwhelmed by his love. I couldn't stop crying. Crying is a big feature, especially at the beginning, like definitely a lot of crying. Um, And I just was sobbing. And I was like, God, I can't do it. I can't be this Mm. Christian that you want. And he was like... I don't care. And so that transformed my heart, that moment, actually. I couldn't really tell you what I learned on the rest of Alpha. Um, but, uh, yeah, that transformed my heart, wow. that moment. Wow, amazing. Yeah. And, and then what happened? What happened after that? You, did you go back to the Alpha course? Did you tell I did, yeah. Happened? They did really good pie. Right, okay. <laughs> and every week, Philip was my table leader. Every week I had pie. They were like, oh, Becca's on the well, pie You're again. lucky. In my Alpha course, we didn't have pie. We had... Really good. Um, what, it, was, it was terrible food, actually. <laughs> we actually had a fruit punch with, with orange squash. It, oh, I, no, anyway, sorry, we digress. <laughs> terrible. Um, yeah, we had good food. Um, uh, yes, I kept going and I really enjoyed it and I got, it was really nice because I got to know my table really well. So um, there was a girl that I became really good friends with on my table. So we would go to church together, always sit at the back. The back is, I think, you're allowed to be at the back, I think, when you're alphaing. I think that's like your privilege. And um, yeah, so we always, we would sit together and um, that was really helpful. Um, the honest truth is that, how has life changed? My, my goodness, huge. But the honest truth is I... Um, I didn't find it easy coming back to church at all. I found it really awkward. I didn't like worship. I was bound up by all of this objections and this stance of, I will not be like these Christians that I have spent so much of my life separating myself from. But because my heart had been transformed and because I'd encountered the love of God, I pushed through it and I just came back week after week after week. And I just knew that there was something about these people that looked free and there was something about me that wasn't and that that was not what God had for me. And so what has life looked like in the last six years? Honestly, it has been amazing. It's been, I mean, like you say, stuff happens, but I felt like before I was stagnant. I was sort of just this stagnant, I had this faith that was just 
there. And I, it's like God just breathed life into me. Mm. I know such joy. I just know such freedom. Mm. I have just been so hungry to know God. I have done so many courses <laughs> since Alpha. And it's not from a heart of, I need to know more to know God. It's, I know God. I want to know more about him. Mm. And so I've just been so hungry to just... Ha- like totally give my whole life to him. Mm. It's just given it such meaning and purpose. Um, and it was just from that one encounter. It's an amazing thing about the mm. Christian faith. It kind of just takes one encounter mm. to totally transform your life. Amen. Amen. That's it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, the, um, there's going to be a, a video here. This is a real, um, it's a fantastic video. It's, it's all about an invitation. And... Um, Becca's story is slightly different, but, but ultimately she, she felt that she had an invitation. It was time to, it was time to go. She had an invitation from God. Um, for us, um, some people, that will happen. But for us, it's, it's who are we going to be inviting as we start to, to relaunch this. So this is a real awesome video. This old friend of mine, Helen. My best friend. My friend called and invited me to try Alpha. Y recuerdo que mi papá me dijo, mira, hay comida gratis, ve. And they handed me a invitation. It was just a random invitation. And I said, like, why not? Why not? Let's try it. Why not? Let's go. And I found like a like a really awesome community of people. They helped me find who I was just by listening. Alpha helped me in the knowing of God. Empecé a entender que el amor I just knew. I was a different person from that moment on. I knew I had purpose. I, I felt really comfortable and like starting to invite my friends. I've seen Alpha really impact people that I work with. I would definitely encourage people to get involved. It's one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. It all turned out to be life-changing. few ways to respond. I think the first way to respond would be just to applaud Becca and Jason for helping us so much. Just uh, thank you for sharing your story and the power of testimony is a powerful thing, isn't it? Um, ways to respond. Well, number one way to respond is if you feel like I, I'm not a Christian or I'm not sure or just I'm... I wouldn't count myself as having put my faith in Jesus Christ. And we would obviously love to invite you to come on the course. Um, it really is as it is, as it is pitched, no strings attached, no follow-up. You're not expected to believe anything, do anything, have certain beliefs, or agree to anything. It's just an opportunity to explore and to ask. So if that's where you're at, we'd, we'd love you to come. And if you've got mates who are in the same place, who aren't sure what they believe, or who are really sure what they believe, but are open to being challenged, then, then why not invite them and ask them to come along as well? It's... You can see that we as a church are passionate about it and passionate for you to come to know Jesus. That's been pretty clearly explained. But we're also balancing with that a, a desire to be um, authentic with you and say, just, just come and see, just come and look. There's nothing to be forced on you. We have a, a passion that you might find it and encounter it, but it's entirely for you to come to those choices. So that might be where you're at. For many of us, uh, I would say if you are a Christian, then we would, there, there might be a reason to do Alpha, but it really is for those who would count themselves as absolutely not or not sure. It's not for us as Christians to say, well, I've been a Christian for a few while. I haven't done Alpha before, but I wouldn't mind giving it a go and, and, and getting some food. That, that's not what it's, it's kind of for. Okay? It's really important, the atmosphere. People need to look around and see. I think like Becca was just saying, people need to look around and see, oh, okay, 
Everybody here is kind of in the same boat. We, we've got our own different beliefs or we're not sure. That is really important that it's a space to ask and to object and to discuss. Okay? So for those of us who are, who are Christians, let's be thinking about who we'd love to, love to pray for. The Bible says that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective James 5. Not because you try really hard, but because you are a righteous person in Christ. And that's just, that's what God means by prayer. And so what we are asking you to consider asking God, who he might ask you, and also asking uh, to write down on these little cards, just as a way of responding to him, and as a way of it being helpful for you through the summer to be, be praying for people. That's why we've started it now and not kind of in September. There's time to be praying for people. And so last week we just took a moment, and we'll take a moment now, maybe Jamie could just come and play for us, just to do that. Just to ask God, who would you have me just begin to be praying for? Or maybe to pray for again, because it's kind of just, it's been a while. Uh, which name would you drop into my mind as those that I could begin to pray for with a view to inviting? As we said last week, you might not have many connections in this part of the world. Actually, you work in London and people that you see every day live in the other side of London. That's fine. Alpha's running all around the world, all around London. We're not here to build a King's Church empire. We want to just help people explore faith and Alpha's a great tool to do that. So you might run on people who won't come to our Alpha course, but through the prayers that you pray, they might go to an Alpha course. Okay, so that's the kind of purpose of this. You might say, well, I did this last week. That's all right. You can do it again. There might be new names. You want to have a second card to stick on somewhere. I think all of us can respond in some way. You might be thinking, I just don't have anyone to invite. Which I know many Christians have found themselves in that place over the years. I, I just don't really know anybody that it wouldn't be weird for me to invite. I'm so glad. Uh, I hadn't even thought of it at the time that Becca brought that word about shame. That just now is that that's the thing. And shame is such a thief. It steals our joy. And it's a favorite trick of the enemy just to use little lies. No one's going to come through your invitation. That's his favorite tactic. Just a little lie and it just steals joy and faith. So don't let it. And that's why it was really helpful that God said it earlier on. Okay, who knows what he'll do through prayers over the summer. It might be that there's somebody you haven't even met yet that God's ordained for you to have a chat with over the garden fence or in a cafe or at, at the school gates. Okay, you believe that? what God wants to do with us. He doesn't need us. That's a great relief. And yet he chooses to partner with us, which makes me so humble and so grateful. So there should be pens and cards around. Jamie's just very kindly going to play for us. And we're just going to take a moment just to, to scribble as God would lead you to scribble. And then um, we'll move on uh, in a few moments. So I'll leave that with you. Let's just contemplate and reflect.